Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan. Uh, my name's Ryan, too. Hey, look at that. We are doing the Ryan Squared podcast, a podcast with double the Ryan and bad math. Oh, we have a catchphrase or a tagline? Did you not hear the tagline when I did the subreddit or when I sent you all the artwork? No. A uh, podcast with double the Ryan and bad math because there's only two of us, so it shouldn't be squared. It should be just two Ryan <laughs> for all of those who have taken algebra or basic math. That one goes just right over my head, you know? I have no clue what you just said. How much math have you taken? How much math? I took a math class in, uh, I took one math class in college. It was called practical maths or something like that. We, it was pretty much like fourth grade level math, except I got college credit for it. It was great. I'm currently in pre-cal, which is not as fun as practical math, I'm guessing. No, no, not, not as fun. So both of us are kind of techie guys. Would you consider yourself a techie kind of person? I guess so. What is techie, you know? I, I'm convinced that computers also hate me, so I probably am in the wrong field as a filmmaker. And I don't think that computers hate us. I just think that they're inherently broken like humans and that it just is portrayed as hate. <laughs> like so many other people. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's a really great analogy to say that computers and humans are all inherently flawed. Sometimes people are more flawed than humans, but a lot of times, no, that's the wrong sentence. People are more flawed than humans? Can you explain what the difference between a person and a human is, please? I think that computers are inherently more flawed than people because people can realize the mistakes that they're doing and fix them by themselves but computers need us to fix them because they're helpless little machines. Because we're better. We are better than computers until an AI gets invented and we are all irrelevant. Because then it's going to fix itself. I guess that's the, the moral issue with AIs is that it could decide that it wants to improve itself, right? And then it, it's like not following your rules it's like making its own rules yeah because the point of an ai is to get like a general purpose intelligence so it can make decisions on its own without having to be programmed to do that so like a toddler is a general purpose intelligence because it can do things that you would not expect it to be doing and so the point of or the goal of ai creation is to create an ai that can do that but then also comes the problem of the ai deciding that it doesn't need humans anymore and so it destroys all life on earth but at least we didn't need to troubleshoot then right i mean yeah if i had a computer that ran a conscious software i would never need to fix my computer to fix itself unless of course it was a hardware problem because then you would need like like a doctor <laughs> and a screwdriver because <laughs> i mean i guess when you think about it the software of humans are like their conscious and their brain but then like hardware of the humans are the body and people can kind of fix their conscious on their own. And like, but you, whenever your body's broken, you have to go to a doctor. You can't just be like, oh, well, my liver is failing. Let me just go stitch that back up. Unless you are a doctor, because then you can probably stitch your own liver up. I guess so. Would, could we make eventually computers that could fix computers? Probably. Like fix hardware problems? Yeah, why not? I would love to do that. I should invent that and then repair computers but not actually do anything, just set my robots to do it for me and become rich. I mean, like, computers probably already, like, build computers. Like, they probably have, like, or they could have, like, assembly line-style electronic, like, machines assembling, like, big Dells and Macs and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how much of that is done by a computer, how much of that is done by people, you know? I think even when it's done by a computer, it's just, like, a really... 
it's just a really complicated Rue Goldberg machine. Because, like, if you were really, really bent on making a computer without using electronics, you could just make a really complicated Rube Goldberg-esque machine that would just, like, put everything into place. But computers just make it easier because they can, like, move around with motors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can reprogram them. But I don't think that they would qualify as, like, general-purpose computers or intelligence. Otherwise, every computer manufacturing plant everywhere would um, be a risk to humanity. True, 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 true. But I guess as the sort of techie people, we are relegated to fix everyone's computers when they break down. I get a lot of questions about tech things that I honestly have no clue about. And normally my first reaction is just to tell them to Google it. Because Google can generally give you all the answers you need for any situation, more or less. Yeah, so like if we were making a, a guide to troubleshooting for those listening at home, if you ever have a problem... Google it. If you're having trouble listening to this podcast, Google it. If you're having trouble recording and outputting sound, Google it. Oh, that sounds familiar. It it does sound familiar. I might have tried to do this just 10 minutes ago, <laughs> and I apparently succeeded because we're talking right now, and I can hear you. <laughs> Success. Yeah, and what was your process for that? My process was um, identifying my current state of what's going on. So I said, I ha I need to take the output from the program Skype and then output it to a recording and headphones. But within OSX natively, you can only output two headphones or to a rec uh, like a recording software. I'm using QuickTime because I didn't want to download yet another program. But then I Googled it and apparently built into OSX is a audio mixing program or some sort of another thing. And so I could select that it would, the output sound from Skype would go to this virtual output that would then split it to go to the headphones and to Soundflower, which I'm using to record this. So then I was able to record and listen to the audio at the same time. Who knew podcasts were so confusing, like how everybody like runs them and recording computer audio is just a huge hassle. Never really knew that, but now I do. The more you know. You know, we need to have like a little like a ding there, like a little like jingle or something. That would be rad. I think there's a there's like a little like jingle that already comes along with the more you know. It's like so. Yep. I'll just you need to add that in. So um, the more you know, and add in the actual jingle. Oh, okay, great. I really want you to like leave all this because I think it's funny. So that's what we do. We say we're gonna. Oh, I'm gonna cut this. But then we leave it so the listener feels they're actually, like, in the conversation with And you're us. leaving this, too? That you just said? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm just kidding. Please don't. Cool. Where were we? We were talking about uh, the more you know and adding sound effects. When did your interest in, like, technology and becoming sort of the techie guy start? Oh wow. When did when did I become interested in techie things? Uh well so my dad's an electrical engineer and uh pretty much his his hobby growing up or as I was growing up, his hobby has always been like computers and like technology and like 
having just all these like gadgets and like weird things. So yeah, I guess early on, as as long as I can remember, it's always kind of like technology has been a huge part of my life. Like it's a huge part of everyone's life nowadays. But like having like nice technology and like having computers that were like custom built and like getting all these different softwares to do stuff and like my dad would enjoy solving prop just like everyday problems with technology so that's kind of like my dad would troubleshoot um my dad would troubleshoot by using like troubleshoot everyday life with technology and solve various problems that way what do you mean by like he would solve everyday problems by like troubleshooting technology like if we like if I was trying to like make a video and I didn't have the software I needed to make a video, he would like go find, you know, the software that would help me make what I wanted to do or do what I wanted to do, you know? So if you called up your dad and was like, I'm doing a podcast, but I have no idea how to record and edit audio, he'd be like, well, let me suggest these few softwares that I just Googled. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, that's mostly how he would find those things is he would just Google them or like re- he would research, you know, like how to solve the problem that he's trying to solve a great example of that is when i was like 10 or 12 um that's probably like when i started getting into like video and maybe maybe a little older but i started making videos with my friends and like doing stuff like that we got a different camera at a certain point because um the camera that we were using like wasn't doing what we wanted it to do and like the mic wasn't good enough, stuff like that. And then we got uh, like uh, Premiere, and now I'm a Premiere baby, and I'm addicted to Premiere. Uh, but we got Adobe Premiere, like the Elements version, like the really cheap, like bare bones version, because editing in Windows, whatever, Windows Movie Maker was a joke. It's just stuff like that. So like having technology and being able to use technology and learning about technology has always been kind of a big part of my life growing up. How about you? When I was growing up, we had a like old, old computer in our office. Actually, it was fairly new when my parents bought it, but then we just still have it today. It's like an Otaplex PC that was like brand new Windows XP. It had 512 megabytes of RAM. Like, wow. <laughs> so that was like the office computer and it, all my parents did all their work on there since they were accountants. They like knew a little bit about computers and computer programs and stuff, but like we weren't allowed to get on there very much because, like, if something happened to that computer, then, like, whole system was going down, like, family going bankrupt. Wasn't very good. So we had, like, a really, really old computer. I don't even know if it ran XP. It might have run, like, 95 or something. But I had that in my room, and I had, like, the giant monitor that had the, like, big back since it was, like, an electron tube monitor. And there I had some, like, small computer games. And I, so I just sort of, like, messed around on the computer there, and I liked going into settings and doing stuff because, like, we didn't... The internet wasn't connected there because we still had dial up and so it was only the office computer that had internet because it was connected through ethernet and so i did whatever i could just on like playing around with some settings and stuff and then slowly i started playing more on the office computer because it had internet and i started playing like flash based games and started doing some more with random bits of tech and stuff and i'd be really interested in computers i think a big part of it was i started watching like youtube videos about tech at some point what kind of youtube videos i think it was just talking about like assembling computers or they were just video or like graphics card reviews and i had no idea what they were but i was like (laughs) computers that's so cool and like we had a bunch of old computers that i like to like just look at and be like this is awesome look at all these fun things oh gosh you're so much more nerdier than i am i didn't know that Eventually, I got I got a laptop that I shared with my brother, and I just, like, went for it and started to do some more, like, fun stuff on it and just do, like, whatever. Um, I had a camera, too. It was one that I got for my birthday, and there was a feature you could use 
that while recording, you could pause the recording and then like jump to another scene and start the recording again. So we used it as like a jump cut sort of thing. We would do it where we were like time traveling or something. And so we would spin around, press the button and then move and press the button again and have great editing. So essentially you were cutting in camera? Yeah, so we were cutting in camera. But the thing is, you could hear the button click because <laughs> it didn't stop recording until afterwards. So every time there was a click, you just hear... I love that so, so much. Like, every, we used it a ton. And it was the dumbest thing ever. I think I might still have the camera somewhere. But it was like, I had a small SD card that was maybe like two gigabytes. And so I could record like four minutes of film until I had to like offload to my computer. It was just really fun messing with a bunch of stuff. And so like, I also downloaded like Windows Movie Maker and tried to edit, but couldn't. My sister did a little bit of video at one point. And so like, because computers were so like cool and like, don't touch them, I really was interested in them. But since it wasn't very common, it was interesting and like unobtainable. And so like, I slowly got more interested in technology. So I mean, it's just sort of always been fun. And since I spent most of the time on my computers, anytime anyone had a problem, they'd ask me to fix it. What was the story? I was thinking of a story. Oh, yeah. So as far as, like, how long has, uh, like, technology been a part of my life and, like, solving technology and doing things? I had this really great story when I was four. No, it must have been before I was four. I think it was when I was, like, three. Um, we had a computer in our garage. I would use it to play, like, games, really simple, like, CD-based games. Also, were you around when floppy disks were a thing? Did you ever do floppy disks? The funniest thing about this is I haven't been around that long because I'm not that old, but since my parents are not, like, super techie and, like, we always have, like, older tech with us, so in our office, we still have a bunch of floppy disks. I bought USB floppy disk reader for my dad two years ago because he didn't want to get rid of one of our computers because it still had a floppy disk reader two years ago yeah it was in like a thrift store and i saw it and it was five dollars and i had five dollars and i was like my dad would love this because he always gets mad whenever i throw away computers that have floppy disk readers so now we have usb floppy disk reader that's usb so it's never gonna go out of style but your dad like actually still keeps information on a floppy disk like important information is on floppy disks See, I don't know if it's important or not, but it's he keeps information. everything. Yeah. But he keeps information on floppy disks. So like I have so many floppy disks. I probably have around a hundred floppy disks that are still in my house because my parents just don't want to get rid of them. It's probably like a 10 gig total too. Like Yeah, and like I remember I tried to like do something where I used to think that a program was stored in the executable file, like an app program on a Mac. So I thought just moving the executable file around would be good enough as like moving the program around. So I would save executable files of like games that I had downloaded onto my floppy disk and like try and use them on other computers and it wouldn't work. I'm like, oh, why isn't it working? <laughs> That's hilarious, because I feel like I've only, like, you've probably had more interactions with floppy disks than I have, which is odd, because of, like, we kind of are in, not different generations, but kind of different generations. You're what, you're like, uh, six years older than I am? Uh, probably, yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like, I feel like my interactions with floppy disks have been, like, I remember one time I got a floppy disk at Taco Bell with, like, my kid's meal. It was, like, a game was, like, on a floppy disk, and they were, like, trying to be <laughs> hip and cool. And like floppy disk.
disc were really cheap, so you could just like give out a game on a floppy disk, which is pretty neat actually. But I feel like that'd be really funny nowadays if they gave out floppy disks in kids' meals. Yeah. And the kids are like, what's Well, I mean, this? they could do like USB or like a CD, like CDs still. CDs are a lot cheaper though, but the thing is, even CD drives are becoming obsolete. Like newer yeah. laptops don't have CD drives. My laptop doesn't have a CD drive. Mine does, but I replaced it with an extra hard drive because I just wanted more space. But like even CDs, it's going to be harder to get them. I mean, like Blu-rays, I think will still stick around for a while because I mean, it's easier to buy a movie on Blu-ray and stuff. Things are trending towards CDs not really being there. Yeah, everything's going in the cloud. Anyways, I never told my really great story, um, which is in my in my computer in my garage when I was like three, I just watched my dad install games and I, and like you know how you have whenever you like install a game you have like or whenever you install any kind of program you have like the menu you have to like click next yeah and you have to like be like does it want to add on this you want to do this add on you're like no and it's like yes 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 and you kind of have to like click through these long menus they've gotten a sh- lot shorter nowadays but they used to be like pretty extensive just like a bunch of like things to read and like the agreements and all these different things and I remember I. Actually, I probably don't actually remember this story. I just have been told this story. But my, I had watched my dad do that so many times that I just did it myself once. Like, I was like, oh, like, the game's not working. So I, like, took it out and then I, like, reinstalled it. And my dad came back in and was like, wait, I thought the game was, like, broken. And I was like, I fixed it. <laughs> I was like a three-year-old. <laughs> it's, like, a simple process, but, like... And like, I didn't know how to read, but I know how to click the next button, you know, like (laughs) that's nuts. My parents didn't really know that much. So like when I was young, I didn't know that much because I just knew what they told me since the internet wasn't really a thing for me. And so like, I thought whenever, after you installed a game, it would, it would run partially off the CD. So you had to run with the CD in until like, apparently after enough times, it magically just, you didn't need the CD anymore. So like there was a game called Tonka Build It where you would go, you would rescue polar bears from like a enclosure that had been hit by some natural disaster or something and so you'd like helicopter in and take the polar bears out another one you'd build a building or whatever and so i thought you had to keep the cd in while playing the game even though it had already been installed on the computer it's like i'd want to play a game but i couldn't find the cd so i'm like oh no well some cds you do have to have the game in right i don't know I think, I think that was a thing is they would have like the, I feel like I remember like I played like Battlefield a lot growing up. Like we would do like LAN parties where it's like we had three computers in our office. So we would like do all, me, my dad, and my brother would all, we'd all play Battlefield together. And it was like playing these massive maps with just like three guys and just like goof off. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you had to have the disc in to start the game and then you could take it out because we only had two copies of Battlefield and we would just pass it around the three computers because you couldn't open the game without having the, comp- the the disc entered in. But it was already installed on the computer. It was just like a safety thing that you had to have the disc in order to start the game. So we would like start the game and then you'd pass the disc over to the other computer and like it would, I don't know. That's weird. Technology's weird. Now they don't care about that kind of stuff at all, do they? Yeah, because I mean, a lot of it is in the cloud. Like with Steam, like you don't need a CD, unless you want to be retro or something, you really don't need a CD drive because all of your games can be gotten off of Steam or downloaded from the internet. And same with music, like you can buy it off of iTunes or stream it with like Spotify or Apple Music. So CDs have been sort of like phased out. Yeah, I've got an external CD drive, but I've only since in the past like year, I've probably only used it like once or twice just to like burn a CD just in case for like 
a car drive where I knew there wasn't like an aux cord or like that's pretty much the only time I've used it. Last time I used a CD was because I got a really old laptop, a really old Mac laptop from my friend and it was still running like OS X 10.5 and so it couldn't update to the latest thing. And so my teacher actually had a Snow Leopard disc that he kept in his drawer so that he could, if any of the computers in his classroom crashed, he could just fix them. And so he let me borrow that and so I installed Snow Leopard and then installed Lion because it can't get mountain lion because it's really old but I remember when my computer broke I just used like a flash drive that I had um made a bootable copy of lion on fun I don't have any feedback on that (laughs) but like one thing that I think is really funny is like vinyl starting to make a comeback or has made a comeback in the past few years and one of my favorite podcasts is actually doing an episode where they talk about music but it's only available on vinyl so you have to pay like the I think it's like 40 pounds because they're in uh UK the 40 pounds to buy the vinyl episode um if you want to listen to it and so people started making but the podcast is only in vinyl yeah or no the podcast itself is like regular podcast like download it on the podcast app Uh but they're doing a special episode that's only vinyl you can only listen to it if you have the vinyl record and you have a vinyl player people have been saying i just bought the record but i don't have a record player so now i need to buy a record player and i'm like oh this is really weird that's pretty crazy that's insane that's just like a money grab i don't know how i feel about that but i don't think i like it I thought it was a cool idea, but if it would have costed like $20, I would have been okay with it. But it costs like 40 pounds, which then translates to like $60. $60, yeah. And it's like, that's really expensive. Plus some people have to go and buy like a record player. Like I already have one because my brother really loves vinyl. So he has like a bunch of old records and I bought my record player for like $10 at an estate sale. And so... Dang, that's a good deal. Yeah, it was really good. It was a record player, a CD player, a radio, and a tape player, plus two big speakers for $10. And I was like, this is a great deal. And everyone in my family was like, you're wasting your money, Ryan. And everyone in my family has used it. So who's laughing now? (laughs) Your precious $10 wasted. But at the time, I was also like really young. So $10 was like a lot of money. money, It was like you set up a lemonade stand, which definitely cost more than $10. But because it was your parents' money, you didn't feel like you were losing anything. Um... What was I talking about? We were talking about vinyl. But people started doing like listening parties where one guy arranged like put in your city, your email, if you ordered a copy of the vinyl. And then I'll like try and link up everyone and try and get you in a group (laughs) to where you go and listen to the episode. Because there were only like 250 made in the first batch and they sold out in a couple hours. So they made a second batch. Um, Yeah, vinyl. It's making a comeback. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got some vinyl. Not a lot. It never really caught on for me, but uh, it's like a it's a thing I have. So in theory, I could, you know, listen to vinyl or buy more vinyl. I'm just too poor to buy that much music. Also, vinyl is more expensive. Like, yeah, I saw an album and it was like ten dollars and the vinyl was thirty dollars. I'm like, I already have this on Apple Music. I'm not paying for the vinyl. I'm just imagining having a laptop that has a vinyl like a record player in it. That would be that's nuts or like well what it would probably be would be you have the laptop and then like the top of the laptop would be a vinyl player you know so like you could use it as a vinyl player when it was closed and then when it was open you probably couldn't or what you do is you add a layer between the keyboard and the rest of the components so you lift up the keyboard put your record in put the keyboard down and so then you can type and work on your laptop while listening to vinyl i feel like we should do this and sell it at urban outfitters and it'll be it'll be great and a bunch of hipsters will buy it and we'll be rich we we call it 
We call it the MacBook vinyl, and we spray paint it black like a vinyl record. I don't think we can call it a Mac. I think we'll get sued if we call it a MacBook vinyl. Just a hunch. I think we'll get sued. We make, no, we make it out of a MacBook. And so it's actually a MacBook vinyl. But then, but then we can't sell it at Urban Outfitters. Then we have to like sell it on like Craigslist. True. Or like some sketchy like black market weird thing. Modified website. I don't know. The Ryan book vinyl where everything on the laptop is made out of vinyl. The like chassis is made out of vinyl. Like car vinyl though? Like or not like like I think that'd be really funny if it wasn't like the material you you associate with like vinyl records but like the material that you see in like vinyl cars or like fake you know like the fake leather vinyl. Yeah I think or whatever. I think that but also it would be really cool if we took vinyl records and like made them we can make this would make a lot more sense take old vinyl records and smash them up and then press them into to laptop cases so you can have a vinyl laptop case we're like coming up with great ideas over here this was a great idea as a podcast i'm, I'm glad i did this <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with uh trouble with troubleshooting we kind of went on a long rabbit trail but it was an interesting one it was i'd love to listen two dudes talking about vinyl two dudes named ryan talking about vinyl that's where we started that's not where we started, but that's where we ended up. This episode is going to be released solely on vinyl. No one's going to listen to it. We don't even have a following. It's not. A, it's so hard to get vinyl pressed. You know how hard it is to get pressed? Because there's only like, there's like not a lot of places that will press vinyl. And like, there's so many people who want to get vinyl pressed that like, if you try and get vinyl pressed, you have to have like, do it in like a year in advance it's not because there's so much more demand than there is supply talk about economics we make our own vinyl pressing company and then we press the vinyl and since we have vertical integration we can sell them at rock bottom prices (laughs) but but the problem still arises that no one wants to listen to our podcast let alone pay for our podcast on vinyl (laughs) Like, I feel like we're not really thinking this through. I feel like accessibility is a big part of podcasts, you know? We could make a following that's so, like, we could be the most hipster podcast because we solely release it on vinyl. So we're like, oh, we don't release it on, like, iTunes. That's so, like, 2010. We release our podcasts on vinyl. I don't think I'm hipster enough to be labeled as the most hipster podcast. (laughs) Unless we, like, rename our podcast to, like, Hipster Podcast. You heard it here first. We are now changing the name from Ryan Squared to Hipster Podcast. (laughs) Apparently you can just buy, like, containers of vinyl, of, like, vinyl beads. (laughs) Are you Googling vinyl? (laughs) I'm troubleshooting the vinyl. You're troubleshooting the vinyl. Our vinyl production. I mean, you can... Insertion of download cards into jackets is eight cents each. I don't know what that means, but it's on here. Insertion of what? Insertion of download cards. Oh, that means that... So you, like, have the vinyl, and then it also includes a a digital download, and it's just like a little, like, like, a business card that has, like, a download code on it. What we do is we make them on vinyl, and then you can also download them to your phone. What? But then what's the purpose of having it on vinyl? Because you can only get it if you have the vinyl record. It's a very... We make a system. I hate this. I hate everything about this. Okay, we do it on CDs. (laughs) Floppy disks. We do it on floppy disks. 
I don't think I don't think floppy disks have enough memory to hold a whole podcast. You do it like multiple parts. It's at least it's cheap, you know. What is the biggest biggest like capacity floppy disks? The one that I have are like four megabytes, and currently our recording is Google it eighty six megabytes each channel. What is the biggest capacity floppy disk? Floppydisk.com. <laughs> That's the website I'm on right now. We need right to get floppydisk.fm for our for our podcast URL. Five, they were five and a half inches big. That's like bigger than my phone. Yeah, floppy disks are huge. <laughs> bigger than my phone. I still have an iPhone five. I like that it fits in my hand. Oh, mine doesn't fit in my hand. I've got a six. It's just a little too large for my hand. No, no, no thing is, we don't sell them on regular floppy disks. We sell them on 8-inch floppy disks. Oh, so people have to, like, get a special reader? Well, people are already going to have to get a special reader because no one other than your family owns floppy disk computer USB Well, things. people never upgrade their technology. Like, my grandma still used Netscape until, like, five years ago. Like, my grandma was still using dial-up. When you said Netscape, I just thought RuneScape. And I was like, your grandma's cool if she still plays RuneScape. But that's a different thing. Apparently... You can get up to 200 megabytes with a floppy disk. That's probably enough if we compress the crap out of this uh, recording. I feel like that'd be enough. Or we could release it on tape. Tape's coming back too. I feel like that'd be a much more reasonable one. Some people don't buy new cars, and so they could just use the tape player in their old car. I have more tapes than I do records. And actually, I was going to say and CDs, but I think I have a lot of CDs. I just don't listen to them. Out of the physical mediums of like music, tapes are the most used that I have. I have a bunch of vinyl because my brother can get like 50 cent vinyl records at half price books. So he just buys a ton of vinyl. So we have like milk crates full of vinyl. We have cassettes in like random places around the house, but also in my closet. My dad has a shelf that is full of cassettes. I don't know why. He's like, oh, I need to keep them. And I'm like, dad, this is literally an advertisement for something. <laughs> it's like Joe's Fish Market <laughs> advertisement or something. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't need to keep this. That's great. And then CDs. I have a few CDs, but no one in our family was really like bought a lot of music during the CD era. Oh. And so we just don't have a lot of CDs. I had a lot of CDs growing up. Like that was like a lot of I, I was just like starting to buy start when I was like starting to develop my own relatively my own taste in music was like a couple years before iTunes came out. And then, yeah, I went through like a different phase once iTunes came out because I started discovering like uh, just like different kinds of music that were related to the music I was listening to. But I like the Internet really helped with like music discovery and like listening to music because iTunes was like the first place that I started learning about different kinds of music, different genres that were like based off artists I had already heard of. That's, that's an interesting idea for a future topic. Future thing to talk about is like music and evolution of that. Note, note that noting. I don't know. Oh wait, Tom Persky is the owner and operator of floppydisk.com. He sounds like a real cool guy. I feel like I want to mute him now. We should have him as a guest on the podcast. I don't know if we can, uh, if we can, we can, we can try. We can try to get him as a desk or as, not as a desk, as a <laughs> guest. Although he'd probably be a pretty good 
guest. He'd probably be a pretty... I, I imagine him as a very charismatic person, just totally well-spoken and confident in himself and the technology that he's selling. I just picture him as a great... Probably He's probably a great man. Actually, here it says, last year, a broadcast of 60 Minutes surprised many viewers with the discovery that 8-inch floppy disks were still the preferred method of removable storage for the computers in the U.S. Air Force nuclear silo. So... I mean, he still has some business. Like, U.S. Air Force, nuclear silos, he's still in the game. I guess so. Who knew? Who knew? He probably knew, but I don't think anyone else knew. Or people who watch 60 Minutes probably knew. But I don't know if anyone watches 60 Minutes anymore. I just clicked on floppydisk.com. It feels like it's from the 80s. Or 90s. Doesn't feel. This website should have been made with Squarespace. Today's episode is not brought to you by Squarespace. You're giving them free advertising. Don't do that. No free advertising for Squarespace. We are definitely not advertising for you to go to squarespace.com forward slash Ryan and get a two-week free trial. If you go to squarespace.com forward slash Ryan, it probably doesn't do anything. It probably is like, error, this page, whoops, this page isn't here. I'm going to test it out. Yeah, it's just a blank page, right? What did it do for you? It just went to like a blank page for me. I typed in square wrong. Oh, did you type in triangle on accident? <laughs> it just downloaded a file. <laughs> um, you downloaded a file? What did it download? It just, it just downloaded a file named Ryan. Oh, wait, it did that for me too. It's just a what text is it? file. It's a text. What's it say? Oh, I opened it. Why did I open it? Is it is it is it's it a gonna, virus? Is it gonna crash my computer? I need to troubleshoot this. So apparently, the largest capacity floppy disk is one point four four megabytes. <laughs> so if we did release this podcast on floppy disks, then it would be uh, like a hundred floppy disks. You listen to like two two seconds. You'd switch out the floppy disk. You listen to like a minute. You could get like a minute of audio on there, maybe. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds to a minute. Okay, well, I think you got a lot of editing to do, it sounds like, in order to fit it into 30 seconds. Get a 30-second podcast going. I didn't think we could get all the nuance of, like, how we arrived to releasing it on floppy disk in 30 seconds, but I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. I think that brings us to a close of the first episode of Ryan Squared. What did you learn today, Ryan, in this great episode of Ryan Squared? Well, I learned that Windows Movie Maker sucks. I learned... I don't know. I learned I learned the maximum capacity of uh, of a floppy disk, and I already forgot that. But I learned it at a certain point. Yeah, that's what I learned, Ryan. What did uh, What did you learn? I learned that the uh, U.S. nuclear silos still use eight-inch floppy disks, the most outdated removable technology. And also, you can have HD floppy disks, which stand for high density. <laughs> not not high. Wait, what's High definition. Oh, high definition. I was like, what does HD stand for? I don't even know. Thank you all for listening to the first episode of Ryan Squared. You can continue the discussion on reddit.com slash r slash Ryan Squared. Well, I will be posting this podcast and the show notes. See you in the next episode.